Welcome to another episode of Modern Off-Grid DIY. If you've ever been curious on topics like living off the grid, completely off the grid, solar systems, renewable energy, or just need inspiration to think outside the box, you've come to the right place. This is Modern Off-Grid DIY. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode of Modern Off-Grid DIY. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about MPPT solar charge controllers or even a MPPT wind solar charge controller. So most of the um, solar charge controllers out there, they're mostly made for solar. Um, there is some exceptions. I'll give you one example of the midnight solar charge controllers where they can actually do solar wind hydro <clears throat> and um so you know if you're utilizing wind a windmill make sure you appropriately buy a mppt charge controller made to work with wind power now um here's a common uh i don't know if it's a maybe a question um but also a concern i have people reaching out to me and asking me is 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 there something wrong with their system? And so the main qu question or statement that they they're asking me is that they have solar. Here's an example: they have solar connected to their MPPT charge controller, and let's say they had you know 500 watts of solar, but they only see 100 watts maybe going into the battery, right? So on the MPPT solar charge controller, it has a display. And on the display, it's showing that there's only 100 watts going to the battery. And they're asking me why they're not seeing, say, 400 or even 500 watts. Well, that's that's for a couple of reasons. And let's kind of go over it just a little bit here. So when you have a battery, it really doesn't matter if it's lead acid or lithium or whatever it may be. The, the basic concept here is the same. The more drained or dead your battery is the solar charge controller will try to push as much power as it can from your solar panels into that battery so if it's more on the drained side the solar charge controller will pump as much as it can so if, if you have 500 watts give or take it'll pump roughly around 500 watts um, you know, the efficiencies and stuff like that, we're not going to get into it. it. It might actually be like 450 watts or whatever, um, minus the efficiencies, right? Um, but, you know, to keep it in really simple terms here, uh, it's going to pump 500 watts in, give or take, right? And that's assuming your battery is more dead. Not completely dead, but more dead, right? Now, as the battery gets charged or charging up to the higher voltage of where the battery would be fully charged, what happens is on the lower end, when it's charging the battery up, it'll pump as much as it can in because it wants to just, you know, get that battery back up to where it needs to be. Now, here is where things change. When the battery is almost to the completely full state, 100, maybe 90 to 100% full, your solar charge controller or even your wind charge controller will start to step down the power coming from your solar panels or from your wind turbine it'll actually step down the power um to top off that battery 
because it realizes that the battery is almost full. So it doesn't need to throw all 500 watts in because the battery is almost full. So as it gets to, gets to that full mark, it's stepping the power down until you until the battery is at its full mark, right? And then at that point, the solar charge controller or wind turbine charge controller um, will do a couple things depending on how you have it set up. It'll either go into a... Um, how do I say this? Either into a float state, right? Meaning that it'll pretty much drop it down to where almost you see no power coming in, right? So it could be in the middle of the day and you have full sun outside and you look at your solar charge controller and you might not see anything coming in. Or you might see like 20 watts, but you have 500 watts of solar. Why is that? That's because the battery is pretty much full already, right? Because it doesn't it doesn't want you don't want to overcharge so the parameters that you set up in your mppt charge controller is set up that way right so if it's say let's say you had your battery set to 14.4 volts to charge all the way up once it got to the 14 volt mark it it already have stepped down the power quite a bit and then once you get to the 14.4 you might not see any power coming in even though it's in the middle of the day and the sun is out nice and bright, and you have, say, even 500 or 5,000 watts of solar. doesn't really matter. It's the same concept. And so that's the confusion that happens. I, I think a, a lot of people need to wrap their head around the concept of what a charge controller does and how it operates, right? Because once you can do that and you understand how it actually works, um, it, you, you start answering your own questions as time goes on here, right? Um, I'll give you an example. My system, uh, my solar system gets charged pretty early in the morning because I've got in, I got a lot of solar, right? And I live in Hawaii, so we have a lot of sun. It never snows here, none of that, you know. So it's tropical weather year round. So it's pretty predictable as far as our weather here. So usually in the morning time, way before lunch, my batteries are fully charged because in the morning when the sun came up. My solar panels did all that work really quick to pump all that power back into the battery to bring it back up to its fully charged state. So come around lunchtime, if I was to go out there and look at my solar charge controllers, they would actually say charged and you would see zero watts. Zero. It could be in the middle of the day and I could have 10,000 watts of solar and there's nothing coming in through that solar charge controller. Why? Because the batteries are already full right that's the that's the whole point about a charge controller it is to condition and to regulate the power going into that battery and if it's full the solar charge controller or your wind turbine charge controller has done its job already it has filled those batteries up so it doesn't need to pump anymore in because if it does you're now overcharging your batteries and then you might have an issue on your hand you're damaging your batteries or in the case of lithium, um, you can actually, you know, have a fire on your hands because it's continuously charging over what it's supposed to be and then the fire, the batteries could catch fire on you. So the charge controller is doing its job. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. When the battery gets almost full, it tapers the power down to almost to the point where there's zero watts coming in. Now, I'll give you an example. So say around 12 o'clock. I go check my solar charge controllers. I see zero watts coming in because my batteries are full. 
But now let's say I go and turn the microwave on. You know, 1,000, 2,000 watts of power going to the microwave. If you go and look at the solar charge controller, you will see 1,000 to 2,000, whatever the appliance is using, you will now see that on the charge controller because the charge controller is reading that there's a, there's a power difference from where it was. And so it's going to make up that difference of the power that you're using. So at 12 o'clock, if I want to microwave something, for example, right, um, and let's just say it's using 1,000 watts, for a little bit, you won't see anything because the voltage, your batteries are still full. But you give it a little bit a little bit of time, and you will actually see the solar charge controller kick back on and start pumping usually the exact same amount of power that you're consuming to make sure it's making up the difference. And then once the microwave is off, you will see the power on the charge controller start to step itself right back down to zero because it doesn't need any more power. So in the float state, essentially you're at that free power mark, right? It's that real free power. So you could use whatever in your house as far as loads and it'll make up the difference to make sure it's maintaining that full battery mark, right? Uh, and let's say I have 10,000 watts of panels but I'm using only 1,000 watts of power in the house on a load. It won't pump 10,000 watts in because my batteries are full already, right? But if I use only 1,000 watts in the house, it's only going to regulate and let 1,000 watts in because that's what I'm using. And it's only going to bring in what it needs to maintain the top end of the battery. So, you know, don't get discouraged or think your solar charge controller or your MPPT charge controller or you know, your wind charge controller is not working. It is working. It's absolutely working. It's doing its job, right? So next time you see your solar charge controller or your wind charge controller, um, you know, putting out very little watts or none, and you know you have a lot of power, a lot of sun out there, and your batteries are fully charged, double check the voltage. Look at exactly what's going on, right? I will almost guarantee and bet that your batteries are fully charged. And that's, that's exactly what's happening, right? So um, I want to kind of clear, clear the air on that and maybe try to help others um, understand that part about it. Uh, it can, yeah, it can be confusing if you're not familiar, familiar with exactly how the charge controllers work, right? You might be thinking it's, it should be pumping in, you know, 500 watts if you have 500 watts of solar all the way up and, you know, even when it's charged, that's not the case because it, you don't want to overcharge your batteries, right? So if you have it set for 14.4, it's going to hit that, and then it's going to go into a float stage. At float, it's basically doing nothing unless you're pulling power out of the battery system. The charge controller will realize that and now pump that power back. Well, not pump it in, in a sense. It'll kind of float it out, right? It's going to maintain that top end of the battery. So I hope that kind of explains... Um, some of the issues um, others may be seeing with their solar charge controllers and so forth. Um, just pay attention to the system. If you feel that your battery is um, not fully charged, get a voltmeter. Put a voltmeter on your battery and double check the voltage. That is m like 99% of the chance that is what's happening, right? So now if you're in a situation where your batteries get fully charged, you know, pretty early in the day, and you basically see nothing coming in the solar charge controller like I do, you have a lot of options ahead of you because that means you still have a lot of extra power that you could do something with. 
if you was to connect a dump load, right, you could now utilize a lot more power throughout the day that you would normally would not be using because your batteries are charged to power other things, right, um, or dump the power into a second battery bank or heat hot water or whatever it may be. Um, you know, there's options out there. So kind of think through the system. And obviously, you want to kind of size your dump load, if you're going to do it that way, size your dump load to the amount of power that you actually have from the solar panels. So obviously, if I only had, let's say, for example, I only had 500 watts of power. Now, when it hit float, basically, the charge controller sits idle, unless I throw a load on it. Now, you don't want to go and put, say, 2,000 watt load on your dump load. Because then, now you're pulling more power out of the system than you have available to pump back in. So essentially, now the charge controller will kick back on at full power at 500 watts. But if you're pulling 2,000 watts, you're pulling more power out of your system than you're allowing to be supplied in and to keep the batteries topped off. So you want to match your dump load to your uh, your solar panels, You know, however, however much panels you may have. If you have 500 watts... I would say match it at, say, 400 watts. Give yourself a 100-watt buffer from the top end, right? So let's say you had a heater, a little bitty heater that ran about 400 watts, and you had a 500-watt system. That would work, right? You could essentially run that little heater throughout the day until it got to the point where the dump load would trigger back off because now it realizes that there's not enough power coming in to keep the dump load active. Right, and then at that point, you're just running on your batteries. So you can, there's a lot of ways to do it, but don't don't get confused and don't think your your stuff is broken if you don't see power coming in. It's doing its job, right? Now, if for some reason you test your battery voltage and it's not fully charged or almost fully charged, and you see no power coming in, then that's when you want to start troubleshooting, because then you might have an issue somewhere. Maybe one of your wires is loose, right? Double check your wiring. Make sure everything is plugged in properly. Um, double check your terminals, your terminal screws on things. Double check all of those, right? Because somewhere in the system, somewhere, there, there's an issue. Let's say it is 12 noon, and by then you know for a fact that your battery should be charged all the way up. But you only have a 12-volt battery. And it's not charged up to 14.4. And you see no power coming in. Well, obviously, there's a link. A link problem somewhere. A connector, a screw, a loose wire, um, even maybe a grounded wire, or even maybe a fried or melted wire, right? So start looking through the system and start troubleshooting down. And, and, and sure enough, you will find something. There's going to be something somewhere that is causing that issue. And I'll bet you, if you was to fix that little issue, you would now see the full power going back into the battery until it almost got fully charged. At that point, it would start tapering itself down, right? So, yeah, double check your system, guys. Um, I I would say I, may, I make all my connections really tight, um, but I still go out from time to time and double check my screws because wire is a funny thing. You know, when you put a, like, say you put a piece of wire into a terminal block and you put a screw in it and you make it tight one day, you, you can go back like a couple weeks later and actually still tighten that a little bit more. Even though the first time you, you installed it, it was super tight already, 
right? So wire compresses over time. So it's always nice to um, just double check your connections as time goes on, just to make sure everything is, you know, where it should be. You don't want no loose wires coming out and grounding out and creating havoc or problems, right? So, yeah, I uh, hope that information f finds you well, and I wish you guys luck on your projects. See you on the next one.